Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Craig Lloyd-Grant. Craig Lloyd-Grant, how the hell are you? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you so much for coming on. And we follow you everywhere. You're keeping us entertained during the pandemic. You are comedian Craig L. Pretty much everywhere. I mean, TikTok, Instagram, uh, t- uh, Twitter, of course. But then you're also CraigLloydGreen.com. Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. And, and then, I mean, you just, you're just a haunted motherfucker who does uh, paranormal shit. And I just love it all. And it kind of relates to some of your projects. So we're going to talk about that today. First, I think we, had, we were on the schedule a long time ago. But uh, your business was picking up because you, uh, I mean, you're just uh, doing what haunted houses and shit like that. What was it at the Kreischer yeah. Mansion? Kreischer Mansion, uh, the, Bur- yeah. the Burt Kreischer Mansion. Yeah, not yeah, not that, not that Kreischer, not the Burt Kreischer. Um, although I, I am always curious if he's related. Uh, you know, yeah, out here I'm, I live in Staten Island, New York, and uh, I run a haunted uh, house. It's a, it's a, an attraction. It's more than just a house. It's a hayride. It's a whole experience. Uh, but yeah, I've been running it for the last four years uh me and another guy and uh, uh when you called i was right like knee deep in building uh you know uh building and, and prepping for the for the hayride it's pretty cool it's it's a real haunted house it was built in 1885 and there was death there even uh 15 years ago there was a mob hit a gangster mob hit they killed a guy in 2005 a local guy and his spirit is very much there i mean for skeptics you come out to the house, we'll make you a believer, you know? So, yeah, what's, what's happening? Like, I mean, because you, you kind of, don't you take care of it a little bit? You kind of keep it up so that it can be shown. Like, what, what have you noticed while you were in there? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an assistant caretaker. My buddy Rick is the uh, caretaker of and And, and uh, we, we're up there a few days a week doing stuff. And I've seen, you know, full apparitions, shadows. You hear voices, doors close. You hear furniture moving. Uh, I've caught now because I also obviously will probably get into that. I, I do paranormal investigations uh, largely because of the time spent. I always liked them. I always watched the shows, but I've been up here a little over five years now working at this place. And this, this place makes you a believer. It's a very active place. It makes you a believer real quick. Wow. And, uh, they do come home with you, but they're all friendly. <laughs> Not do they? Fast, but, do they? But, yeah. So what's the yeah. kind of the deal with that? Like, you know, through your, uh, your paranormal investigations, what do you find? Like kind of what are the rules governing whether they can leave their, uh, their residence at the Chrysler mansion? How the fuck can they come home with you? You know, you learn as you go and you hope like these, I'm, I'm kind of friendly with. It's funny. I go in there, like I said, I, I'm up there a lot. Okay. Uh, the spirits in this place uh, know more about my personal life than anyone. Like I go up there and vent. I go up there, <laughs> talk and smack and everything else. Like they know everything of what's going on with my, my family and my children and just my life. So uh, as I go up there and do all this, it just feels like I open up to them so much. They, they can just kind of buddy, buddy. We do a thing which is common in the paranormal, not totally common, but common enough in the paranormal world. You walk out backwards and you tell them that they can't come home with you because there's an old wife tale. They can like hop on your back and take a hitch a ride to your house. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't so do, do, you that do that. All that? Time. You do that every time. Uh, you leave? Uh, I you used better. to. Uh, now I, I, I slack once in a while because they, they, I think I just got so personal up there with them. They, they come home, man. I, I've had uh, you sitting here. I'll be sitting here with friends, watching TV, and people are like I just seen a shadow. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's and you know it just and it creeps you out once in a while. It creeps you out. I always tell them to get out of the bathroom. I want to. Uh, this is my time. You know, it's it's the only place I could go. Leave me, please get out of the bathroom. You know, you're, you're backing uh, into the bathroom. I love that. And now, I mean, and I guess I'm I'm hearing kind of a pattern there that could be applied to personal relationships, but also like, a, you know, a connection with the audience. You know, a comedy audience, which is 
you know, do you think that, you know, because you share all this with uh, the spirits and things like that, they kind of, um, I don't know, they feel like they know you and they feel like they give a shit about you and they're not going to fuck with you. And is that kind of like how you treat, you know, is that kind of how a, a comedian should treat his or her audience, which is, I got to make a connection with these people. Um, that way they give a shit, they respect what I'm doing and they'll actually shut the fuck up and listen. You know what? Listen, comedy is very intimate. It's the rawest, most intimate. Many of comics have said it before and I've been saying it for years, but you know, it's an old thing. Every rock star, every comedian wants to be a rock star, but every rock star wants to be a comedian. The comedy is the rawest form of entertainment. And when you're out there, you, if you're not, like not even just selling yourself of course you got to sell yourself but if you don't believe in what you're saying the audience feels that immediately and they will totally disconnect and it's done they you have to be passionate about everything you do like i'm passionate about everything but uh my anger is equally as passionate as my uh my joy and i'm a pretty angry comic so you know i i but but you have to just believe if you are giving off to them your confidence and, and you believe in what you're saying you could say anything and they'll, be, you know, not that they'll believe you, but they'll be on board with you. Like, yes. You know, if you're, if you're not confident and believe in what you, the words that are coming out of your mouth, no one's going to believe If you don't believe it, how can anybody else, you know? So some of that is authenticity, you know, making sure that you're true to yourself so that everything stays internally inconsistent. Cause the minute you say, I was fucking a girl last night. And then the next sentence you're like, yeah, I'm faithful to my wife. And then you're like, well, what the fuck? They're kind of inconsistent. And so like, as far as authenticity goes, like, did it, you know, is there anything you were doing earlier in your career that uh, you look back now and you, you shake, shake your head and you'd be like, I can't believe I was trying to sell people this shit that well, oh, I was this way when I'm actually the other way. Um, yeah, no, I never really, yeah, a little bit, I guess, but you know, it's in, in the early years. Yeah. You know, every comedian starts out dirty. You're always telling the dirtiest jokes and you know, it's cause it's kind of, the filthy is it's right there you know it gets a laugh or whatever it is common thing so you know that stuff you tend to do unbelievable outrageous things in the name of comedy and trying to create yourself but once you find yourself most of my things that you know my my some of what i said might have been my opinion at one point and maybe not my opinion now or whatever or or just where i was at my point in my life i do things very personal to myself i do real life all my comedy whether it, as out, outrageous as it seems, it's it's real. It's things that have really happened. And I just, I after I am angry or, or upset or whatever about them, and you look back at them, I immediately see the humor. Sometimes I see the humor as it's happened, <laughs> uh, which makes for a bigger fight. If you're arguing or something, you know, with your, with your wife, your spouse, or whoever it is, you know, I see the humor in that. I My friends get me mad sometimes or try to get me mad before I go on stage because they said that, angrier i actually am funnier i am when I get okay, it's like i want to have i want to hear a good show craig i mean i gotta get you mad before you go up there otherwise it's going to be dog shit but I, and i guess that's tapping into i think what people have called the forever fountain and how did you find out that anger kind of fueled it and is that kind of what what gave birth to the hour special on amazon prime which is called Mar married and miserable yeah yeah um no you know the the anger uh has been always like that i'm a hyper i'm a very hyper guy I, it's not like I hooked into it. It's a natural thing, the way I just deliver. I don't know. I'm a big Sam Kinison fan from back in the day. I'm big early old school Robin Williams, early old school Howie, Howie Mandel. Those guys were all very hyper, very active, very all over the place. And then Kinison just took it to another level. And then, I'm, you know, those guys and then Eddie Murphy and, and Bob Nelson, those are the five guys that kind of wrap up my childhood top five of why I wanted to be a comic. So you see a little bit of all of them. 
the anger is probably just because I'm a hyper guy and I deliver and I'm loud and I'm kind of in your face, but not, I'm just kind of jittery, you know, I do that. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I don't do cocaine. I just have ADD. Go, you know, if I did cocaine, I would vaporize into thin air, you know, I just explode. So how did, you know, at what point and how did you discover how not to tip over into a place where people don't like it? Like they have to, they have to kind of see that you're a jittery motherfucker who has ADD uh, and, and is just kind of uh, like that and that you're not actually angry at us. How do you keep us on your side? Uh, uh, I've been described as, and, and I love when other people describe because you can never name yourself. You name yourself, it's kind of silly. You know, I mean, unless you have that, but, but when people come up with like little catchphrases and, I, and you dig them or they stick after a while, then you kind of, as you're introduced like that, people already get a quick, idea of uh oh this guy's being like they they call me the tasmanian devil of comedy this guy matt bridgestone he runs ac jokes down in atlantic city he owned you know he's uh, uh, the uh, owner of it but a uh, co-owner uh really cool place but he coined the phrase probably about 20 years ago 18 18 years ago maybe he started calling me and introducing me as the tasmanian devil of comedy so i love that and it's stuck because i am kind of like yeah you know i'm in your face like i'm up there spinning and, and so, uh, so it's more like that. I mean, do you have to be inter- like, let's say you're not introduced that way at the time. How, how do people know that that yeah, kind of people, swirling but, vortex of energy is not the, anger at them? The other the other thing was uh, um, uh, ex- extreme uh, you know, um, high energy, but magnetic likability. I guess I just come off. I'm not patting myself on the back. These are other. That's what I was going with that with the Tasmanian devil. The other thing they, they untamed and unchained. I guess I just go up there and, and I start venting but I kind of do it with love and a smile and the people feel it. And again, it's all about your energy. When you go up on stage, you don't believe and are confident. What are you saying? And what you're, you know, and what you're trying to sell to people. It just doesn't convey. You go up there and you have the confidence and you feel it. And don't get me wrong. I, before every show I'm doing comedy almost 23 years. And before every show, I still get butterflies and I still once in a while, you know, have not the greatest shows. My shows are pretty good though, all the time because, because I want them to be. I'm going, you know, when you come out to see me, when you go to a club, you're coming to see me. So I'm taking you on a trip through my world. I'm taking you on a trip. I'm taking you by the hand and uh, bringing you through my head for an hour, which is something similar. You know, I think George Collin said that a long time ago. And it's just something that stuck. I was like, wow, that's exactly what I do. I take people by the hand. They're coming. You're coming with me, buddy. Come on. I'm not here to go to you. You're here to come to me. You're coming. You want to hear what I have to say. So you're taking trip in my head and this is a wild ride so you better hold the hell on uh you know strap in because we're going like yeehaw you know it's it's a it's a tidal wave it's a storm it's many it's a it's a you know it's i just bring you on this exciting electrifying trip but i do it with fun i'm having a great time up there i I sometimes i interact i talk to people people relate Uh, you know married a long time i'm actually now separated but uh, hey, I, my next special should be called "Divorced and Miserable," you know, and happy. You know, <laughs> the but, sequel, uh, the sequel yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, be yeah. waiting for. That's hilarious. Divorced and happy, and then oh, missing yeah. my wife. That'll be your third one. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be yeah, divorced and happy. I, well, the tagline on my "Divorced and Happy" is uh, I wear two different color socks because I choose to, not because they're the only two left clean. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, okay, yeah, but like, so, I mean, do you okay? I mean, first, it's cool that you do it with a smile and stuff like that. But also some of this venting is directed at other people. So, of course, you know, as an audience member, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like you're, it's directed to somebody else. But well, like, I, you know, I, having the confidence is, is like, you know, you getting butterflies before the show is because now you, you I mean, 
you kind of know, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but I, I do have the tools to deal with it if it goes bad. And if one of, is one of those tools, the fact that when you can feel the audience pulling away, like, oh, my wife's a bitch, she did this, that, and the other. I love her though. Like, do you, you know, do you feel the yes. energy such that you kind of have to slip one of those in? Well, it's more, not, yeah, a little bit, but it's more, uh, it always comes down to self-deprecation. As oh. much, I use them as a, a tool, as a guidance, uh, a guide to get you to, usually I come back and crap on myself. I come back and it, it's almost always something stupid that I did or something I did or whatever. Uh, and it's whatever really went down with the whole thing. And I always- <laughs> You did have you some know, blame in it. That's funny. So revealing I, I, that absolutely, kind of- yeah, A lot of the blame. I'll take a lot of the blame. And that's why when I, uh, like in the special, and I, and, and I used to just say it all the time, uh, married and miserable. I'm not just saying for us guys, I feel bad for you ladies. You have to, <laughs> you have to live with us. You know, we have our issues and trust me, yeah, we're a lot simpler to, to understand. Women are very complex. Uh, men are, are just much simpler for the most part. And, but we are still, we still have our issues. I have, trust me, I have a few, you know? <laughs> so, but I use my best therapy, the greatest, I always said the greatest therapy and the greatest drug at the same time that I've ever done in my life is uh, comedy. Uh, being on that stage is so therapeutic. Uh, I used to be a lot more, you know, uh, even like not angrier but really aggressive it's always it's always the way i've been like i go to parties and everything when hanging out with my friends i was always you know all over the place uh with, i have a lot of energy and but with comedy uh the comedy kind of tamed me a little bit i'd find myself going out with my friends and not being as 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 jittery and jumping because i guess i had another outlet to entertain i don't know if that's what it is if it had something to do with me just always wanting to be an entertainer always wanting the you know i was the class clown i'm all that stuff i really wasn't uh, i was never voted the class clown actually i went i graduated from a delinquent high school where you put you know where all the bad kids go um uh, it's called concord high school is where i graduated from here i went to tottenville high school and then i grad but i went to a delinquent school because then i went in the navy and the navy wanted me to have my uh my diploma so they put me in this delinquent school that you you got credits for like working after school you got credits for you know if you, I, I played football on the weekends oh there's your, all your gym credits you know i, I worked Didn't get the, the class con in that one huh no in that one i got most likely to succeed some of that's cool that you're getting your energy out and things like that but is i mean are you notice noticing that I don't know, saying the worst shit on stage and getting a laugh after it is kind of uh, validating, oh, my emotions are valid. Or is it also just the fact that you're talking things through? You're, you're like, oh man, like saying things out loud, even if you're talking to yourself can kind of be like, you know, it's what stage brain. It's when you're riding on stage. It's like things are coming to you that wouldn't come to you when you're in your hotel room or whatever. Like what's oh, so yeah. cathartic about being on stage? Is it just getting the laugh as validation or is it talking things through? Um, no, it's definitely, I think a lot of it has to do with the validation of the laugh. I am doing my job, what I feel like I was meant to do. I feel, I honestly feel after all these years, I, I, I was meant to, in some way, entertain. And again, you were saying it earlier, people, some people don't get it, don't like it. Oh my God, he yells too much. Oh my God, he's too loud. And I have that, that, that thought process of either love me or hate me. Don't just like, yeah, he's all right. I don't want that. I want, oh my God, love that guy. Or, oh my God, I hate that guy. Cause those are the two people that are going to pay the most attention to you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> people just like you, they don't remember your name. I, uh, I love that. that. That's how you'll get your attention as, as the class clown wannabe. I love that. Like, I didn't even get to be class clown, the motherfuckers. But yeah, like you can see how much he wants attention at comedian Craig L because he has, uh, he's a red face and horns. You don't, you don't perform in that, do you? No, oh, I did. I have actually. Yeah. I, um, that, <laughs> that I did a, um, my, uh, other, the, my partner, well, he's not my partner. He's, he's, uh, the other director. We don't own 
the haunt. We are partners as workers, but the haunted attraction we do, there's three guys that own it. And then me and the other guy are the directors. One directs the house and I direct the outside. And, 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 and we do a couple of things together too. He has a uh, horror film. I'm involved with a lot of horror stuff too. He has a horror film festival the Vault 666 Film Festival. And I think he's on like his seventh year. He does it here on Staten Island. And you get some cool uh, actors that come out and sit and do autographs. And he shows independent films. And it's getting bigger every year. It's getting a little bigger. I hosted that as that character. That is Lucifer. Lucifer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which was a play in old... Uh, 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 Robert De Niro was Lucifer and Harry uh, in Angel Heart, the movie Angel Heart. So Louis Cipher. Uh, a great movie if you've never seen or heard, heard of it. It's uh, Mickey Rock and uh, De Niro. Uh, amazing. Ama- Lisa Bonet, amazing movie. Ooh, so check that out. But, nothing, but nothing yeah, so, right. They, they spelt it a little different than the way he spelt it in the movie. But it, we, we shot a promo to raise money for a, a horror movie. Uh, and it was up late with Lou Cipher. So I was a late night talk show host. Yes. Uh, and it was, it's pretty cool. The promo's out there. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's on my, I think it's on my IMDB page. You can find it up late with Lucifer. Uh, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And I'm the host. And then we were actually, we were going to try to sell that whole character. Uh, and then COVID happened and I was trying to sell a couple and do a couple other things. So it's tough to wear so many hats, but we were going to try to sell that character as a whole promotional show, like a, a real show and take it to, uh, you know, to a horror channel to, you know, something like that. Dude, fuck yeah. Well, he's at the he's at the intersection of uh of comedy and horror, but regardless, it's gonna be a high energy show and we'll watch out for it. We look at you on Amazon, you are married and miserable, but you're also uh you're also Craig, I'm sorry, comedian Craig L. Right across many platforms, but also uh Craig Lloyd Grin, Craig Lloyd Grin.com. Craig Lloyd Grin, yeah. thank you so much. Yo, hey man, listen, it was a pleasure talking to you.